Hey, this is Ed Luther, pastor of City Church in Australia. I hope that today's podcast really inspires you. Thank you so much for listening. Well, have you ever thought you're asked to do something or you know that you, you need to do something, but you thought or perhaps you've said, I can't do this. It could be something like giving a talk in front of people. That was one of my greatest fears was talking in front of people. Like I would choke up. My heart would race. I'd get out of breath. Even at the thought of like two or three people maximum, I, I, would, I, I would do anything rather than talk in front of people. And uh, if, if back then you would have said, Someday you're going to do that for a living. I would have said, you're mad. That's just not going to happen. Uh, I can't do this. For you, perhaps right now you're struggling with an illness, and you think, man, like just getting out of bed, let alone going to church. And we heard a great testimony on Mother's Day from uh, Michaela Sutton about, you know, just after uh, one of her babies, you know, just put, putting one leg in front of the other to get out of bed and to and to move it forward, what, what a struggle that was. Things that most of us just take for granted. And, and, and you might be here right now, and perhaps it's faith, just having faith that, that God exists and that God answers prayer when you're talking. You're not just talking to yourself. And, and you think about the, the, the life that we're called to live, like the, the life of faith, and you think, I can't do this. It's impossible, this holiness and, 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 and financial uh, stresses that come upon the family and interest rates are going up and inflation is going up and wages are going down and, and, and all these things are stacked against us. And, and, and we think sometimes, if you're normal, you think, I can't do this. And I want to talk about this morning about how to do what you can't do. I, I marvel at what we're called as Christians. And, and the word Christ in the name Christian, it's not Jesus's surname. It's not his last name, Jesus Christ. What Surname, Christ. <laughs> Given name, <laughs> Jesus. Middle name, don't know. God, L. <laughs> but what God calls us is to be Christ carriers, people. Christ is the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is a person, not an it. The Holy Spirit is very much the person of God. And God calls us to carry His very person. Now, if you stop and think about that for a moment, it's, it's a marvel. And in putting this message together, I had to push pause and think, what is it that I can't do right now? And question, why can't I do it if if it's, I can do all things through, come on, Christ who strengthens me. So who is this Christ who strengthens me to do what I can't do? Right now, whatever it is that you can't do, it perhaps it strikes fear into your heart. Maybe like me, thinking about public speaking, you're short of breath, your heart starts to race. It's like sweating drops of blood or something. It's, it's, it's something, I can't do this. And the good news is that you can't do it. That's actually really good news. And I want to give us some things this morning to remember. Yes, I say remember because we've actually been taught, most of us anyway, if you've 
uh, been in the faith long enough, you've been taught this. You've, you've heard these scriptures so many times, like me, so many times. I've, I've heard it to the point where almost I, I put it on autoplay and I tune out. I forget the impact of this that impacted me as a, as a new believer needs to come back and I need to remember these things. And so these are things that we really need to remember and reinforce in our life and just push the pause button and, and start to think about these things, pray these things through so that we can actually step into Christ and not just be left to our own self and our own devices and our, and our, and our weakness and our, I can't do this. So I'm going to go back to a, a very familiar passage of Scripture in Ephesians. It's one that we've touched upon last time I spoke. And this, this passage of Scripture is written by Paul from a prison. And Paul is writing to a church at Ephesus that he's visited before, and it's a church that worships uh, the goddess Diana, or Artemis is another name for her. She's the goddess of fertility. They had what was a wonder of the ancient world at the harbor going into that port of Ephesus to, uh, to this goddess. It was huge. They made their money off of it. They, they uh, had jewelry that they sold, little statues of Diana. They had all this stuff going. And in fact, Paul, they begged Paul, don't go into Ephesus. And, and let alone what he was going to do was to tell them, your God's a fake God, not a God at all. And they, they brought him into the amphitheater, which is still there today, to kill him. And it's, it was only by the, the, uh, the, the efforts of his disciples, uh, the people that, that were around Paul, to get him out of there before he lost his life. Now he's writing this letter to these people, and he says this in Ephesians chapter 6. Very familiar, but don't let familiarity stop you from getting this morning's revelation. In fact, I'm going to pray right now because so many of us, we can recite this, we've read it, we know it, but we really don't know it. We don't remember this when we face situations when we go, I can't do this. You're thinking about that right now. There's something in your life you're thinking, I can't do this. Maybe you've even spoken that out. Well, hold on to that. Father, I just thank you right now for each one of us. There's probably a whole list of things that we just can't do things that we look at that we're facing right now, right now, trials and tribulations, perhaps even persecution at work, sickness, illness, the challenge to live a more godly life, raising children. Oh my goodness, I can't do this. Well, Father, I just thank you right now that these very familiar scriptures would rise up and bring faith as faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God, I thank you let faith arise in the heart of every one of us, in the face of every one of us that says, I can't do this, that we would see something that would shatter that and bring us into a place where we can do all things through you, who strengthens us in Jesus' name. Everybody said, come on, amen. Number uh, In Ephesians chapter 6, verses we're going to read 10 and 11 here. Paul says this to these Ephesians. They were heavily persecuted again. He says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God that you can take your stand 
against the devil's schemes. The old King James says against the wiles of the devil. He is a wily devil, a wily adversary, and he attacks us mainly in our thought life. He mainly operates through deception. His number one deception is to get you to believe he doesn't exist. I want you to remember what he says here. Be strong in the Lord. The thing that we need to remember is that the strongest that you can ever be is in him. I'll say it again. The strongest place, the strongest that you can be, it's not in yourself. It's not in your own abilities. It's not in your education. It's not in your bank account. It's not in your physical prowess. The strongest that you can be is in him. You can't be any stronger than in Christ, than in him, lest we forget that. And we so, so often we face these situations, you think, well, I'm facing this, I feel like I'm facing it alone, and I've been facing it for so long, and, and I just don't even know if I could get out and face another day, and, 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 and people are opposing me, and situations, and finances, and sickness, and, and then the church tells me what I should be doing, and how much I should be reading the Bible, and perhaps even this message, I should be strong in the Lord, but I don't feel strong in the Lord, and so we walk uh, as if God doesn't even exist, whereas God says this, he says, be strong in me, and the thing that we need to really pick up on is how do I step into his strength? How, how do I get out of me and into him? And this, this scripture here is just absolutely amazing as, as Paul gives us a whole list of armor that he studies this Roman soldier and he sees this soldier standing there arrayed in, in the finest armor of the day, starting with the helmet. And, and, and the helmet uh, that, that the soldier was wearing had horse hair like a big sash on the top, which made that soldier look probably six in, inches taller than he really was. He's, he's, he's got this, sh this breastplate that gives him a, a six-pack or an eight-pack or whatever it is, you know, uh, hiding whatever's underneath there. He's got this incredible belt that's, 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 that's around his waist, and, and he's, he's got these shin uh, armor on his shins, and he's got the, these, these battle boots, which we talked about, which Paul says this represents peace. And, and he's got this huge shield, this door shield, and he's got this, this dagger-sized sword that's, that's, that's for close combat. And, and this soldier looks awesome, and they're guarding Paul. Paul. As Paul's in that prison, he's looking at this, and then he sees something. He sees this is what we look like when we're arrayed in God's armor. Each of these pieces represents something. And I'm not going to go into that this morning, but the helmet of salvation, what does it do? It protects your head from the thoughts that try to come into your head, discouraging thoughts. You can't do this. You're nothing. You'll never be anything. You don't have what it takes. Fear starts to encroach upon your mind, and you get mindsets because you, you, you forget that you've got this helmet on to protect your head, to protect your thoughts. And, and he works his way through this armor, the, this breastplate that covers your heart to stop all these darts from coming into your heart, these fiery darts that, that uh, the devil hurls at you, these accusations, and, and again, thoughts of fear. What if? What if interest rates go to 100%? I'm going to lose the house. Oh, my goodness. Oh. 
And, and, and these things are meant to freeze you in fear so that you don't move forward. You can't advance the, the kingdom of God because all these things are out there to get you, and, and, and you can't do this. So he moves through this armor, the belt of truth, and everything, uh, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. And the, and the feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and if you didn't get the uh, message from a, a few weeks ago, I talked about the relationship between peace and righteousness. The, the, the righteousness is your ability to stand. You can't stand if your feet are cut out from underneath you. If you don't have any peace, you're going you're gonna to wrestle. And Paul says, we don't wrestle, we stand. The soldier's no good with all that armor. In fact, uh, rolling around with that armor would be one of the worst decisions that you could ever make. You, you don't suit up with armor and then go and try to win a wrestling match. You've got to take that off if you're going to wrestle, but put it on if you're going to stand. So all of these things, Paul, Paul gives them this, this incredible Incredible vision of what it means to be a Christian in Christ. But look at what he says here. He says in Ephesians 10, the New King James Version, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. I guess the question is this. Am I, are you standing in your might or his might? I think about his might. I can't go farther than looking at the universe that he created and his awesome power in nature and his awesome power even in humanity and what he does for us. The Amplified Version, listen to this, 610 in the Amplified, it says, in conclusion, be strong in the Lord. I love this. Be empowered through your union with him. Draw your strength from him. That strength which his boundless might provides. <laughs> Isn't that good? Draw your strength from him. It's plugging into a power source that is, that is so incredibly mighty and powerful that, that there's nothing, that if you plug into him in his power, there's nothing that you can't do, but you have to learn to be empowered through your union with him. Draw your strength on him. It's interesting because the word finally, my brethren, or, or in conclusion, it means this. It means in conclusion or summation. It's used in, in Greek manuscripts this way to uh, de depict something so important that if you remember nothing else, you must remember this. In conclusion, if you finally, if you don't remember anything else, remember this one thing. You must remember to be strong in the Lord. You must remember to draw your strength off of him. It's so easy for us when we face these situations or, or, or even things like, like trying to live in faith and trying to live a godly life, and, and maybe it's uh, breaking addictions. It could be here right now. You think, oh, I just can't beat smoking or I can't you know, beat some other addiction. And, and it's like I've... I've no matter what I do, it's like hitting my head against a, a wall. I just, I, I just so feel so weak and, and so powerless. Finally, Paul would say to you, in conclusion, if you, my powerless friend, remember nothing else, remember this. Be strong, not in your own strength, 
not in psychology, not in whatever else. Those are perhaps good tools and things, but be strong in the Lord. If we don't learn to draw off of his power, then we can call ourselves Christians if we want. But I've said this before. You can call yourself an astronaut if you want. You can call yourself a brain surgeon. You can call yourself whatever you want to call yourself, but it doesn't make you that. Believing a lie doesn't make the lie true. The, the proof is, are you drawing off of him, or have you got your straw sucked, uh, stuck into something else, and you're drawing power out, out of that something else? And it could be people. People are always going to let you get. People are one of the worst things to try, to try to draw your strength out of people. Look, I understand the power of encouragement. I believe that that's something that the church uh, is good for, hopefully. We encourage one another, especially as the day is approaching, as, as the evil day is approaching and things get worse. We, we need to draw off of one another. We need to be that kind of person. But if the person that you're trying to draw out of isn't tapped into him, then their supply is limited and they're going to run out. They're going to let you down. That happens all the time, especially in church. I don't go back there because they, they let me down. Well, yeah, of course, because they're humans. And, and, and we need to remember this one thing. Well, we, we, if, listen, this is important. If you, for you to lose, God would have to lose. Because his power... The power of God, the power of love, love never fails. And if, if you're drawing off of God's power, and he's your source, and you're strong in the Lord, and the power of his might you put on the armor of God, well then for you to lose, if you're drawing off of that, God would have to lose. And God has never asked you to do anything that he hasn't empowered you for. He has put everything into you to pull out of you in the situation that you're in or whatever the challenge is that you're facing. If you're in him, then you've got whatever it takes. Some of us have, have so much faith in what the devil can do to us and so little faith in what God has done for us. I, I say this morning, it's time to flip that around. Have more faith in what God has done and what Jesus Christ has done on the cross than what the devil can do to you in whatever that you're facing right now. Have more faith in what God has already done. Reestablish that and remember, stepping into him, drawing upon his power. Finally, in conclusion, if you don't remember anything else, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Second thing that we need to remember is to clothe ourselves in Christ. Oh, how, how, how weird would it be to get up in the morning, forget to get dressed, and just go out the door? Uh, you know, that's pretty weird. You'd get arrested for it. Uh, you wouldn't get real far, I would hope, doing that. And yet... How easy is it to rush out the door without reminding ourselves that I am clothed in the power of his might. I've got his armor on. Remember this, it's his armor that he's given you, not yours. He gives you his armor in the, in the power of his might, not my might. 
in the power of his armor that he gives you. David tried to put Saul's armor on. He refused. It didn't fit him. But if David was here, he'd say, you can put God's armor on, though. It always fits. It's a perfect fit. It's an Iron Man, Tony Stark. You, you're not going to have what it takes to fight these things, but you step into the Iron Man armor. It's going to just come together for you, but don't leave home without it. Oh, but I'm in a hurry. Well, you're in a hurry to get beat up. You're in a hurry to get depressed. You're in a hurry to go out there and face situations and think to yourself, I can't do this. And you're right. You can't do it, but he can. But you, you need to put his armor on and clothe yourself in Christ. The scriptures are so plain on this. I want uh, Listen to this, Ephesians 6, 11. Put on the full armor of God so you can take the stand. Remind yourself of this. Practice his presence. Put him on. Listen to this, Galatians 3.27. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ, that's what happened when you got saved. You invited him in your heart. You stepped into him. Water baptism is a represented, it's a graphic, physical representation of what happened to you spiritually. You are baptized into Christ when you ask Christ into your heart. As many as you were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Galatians 3.27 in the New International Version. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. Romans 13, 12. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on, oh, I love this, put on the armor of light. Iron man, iron woman. It's not possible to live a Christian life without Christ. You have to remember to clothe yourself Put him on. Remind yourself of who it is that you've tapped into when you say, I can't do this. Remind yourself, who can do this and who am I supposed to be filled with stepping into, empowered by and from? It's him. It's his power. It's his might. He's put this into us. But we have to remind ourselves. You know, you could starve in the Isle of Woolworths. With all the food on all the shelves, you could go in there and starve to death. The story's told of somebody that was on a ship coming across the Atlantic. They didn't realize that their ticket actually included all the meals. They didn't realize that. So they did without food all the way across until the final day. Uh, one of the stewards on the ship said, hey, I, didn't, I noticed you weren't in the, in the galley, in the cafeteria eating with everybody. He said, well, it's because I don't have a ticket. That You know, my ticket's just the third class or whatever. And they said, no, let me see your ticket. No. It included meals. <laughs> it's like, what? I've starved, me and my family, the whole voyage. <laughs> and the whole time, 
the provision was there. The invitation was there. The rights were there to go in and to eat sumptuously. God is saying, come and eat at my table. I prepare a table in front of your enemies, in the presence of your enemies. Come and eat, eat, eat. There's no problem with provision. I've provided abundantly, but you need to remember. You need to stir yourself up. You need to read my word, get into my word, not into the circumstances. Forget about the challenges and, and, and all the opposition and everything. Feed yourself abundantly on the word of God. You'll remind yourself. He will remind you of what you've got in Christ. Oh, I see so many people, church people, everywhere. Oh, we're doing it tough. I don't have enough. Fair go. It seems to be like a catch cries over here, a phrase, you know, fair go, fair go. Nobody's getting a fair go. Everybody's doing it tough. I think, yeah, there's tough situations out there. I've faced them, but I've learned. I'm not facing this by myself. Finally, in conclusion, if I don't remember anything else, I am going to tap into his mighty power. I am going to clothe myself in Christ in the middle of the tough situation. I'm not going to be the little battler all the time, doing it tough, shrinking down to that level. Then why in the world have I asked myself to, to be a Christian, to invite Christ into my world? What does that mean? It means that you've got power beyond self, power over every circumstance and situation, no matter what it is that you are facing right now, his power is more than enough. You have more than enough to prevail, not in yourself, but in him. In him, you have everything that you need. The question is, are you in him? Don't, don't become a Christian as some kind of a title. Or, or some kind of an argument. You can you know, argue with your friends about stuff. Don't shrink back from the spiritual being that you are through him and what he's empowered you in. If you do that, you're, honestly, you're not going to see the results that, that, that God wants you to have in your life. So just remember, remember to suit up, to put on Christ. Remember, it's in his might, in his power, not yours. You can't do it, but he can. God doesn't want anything from you that he hasn't already put in you. And the reason that you can't do it is because you can't do it. <laughs> you can't do it. But you've got to ask yourself, can he? Can he do it, whatever it is? I can't do this. Whatever this is that you can't do, you're right. You can't do it. Can he? That's the big question. You're not supposed to do this. He's, he's gonna, he wants to do it through you. Third thing to remember, and this is really important, remember how much God loves you. I'm a father. Many of you are parents, fathers, mothers, not aunts, uncles, I don't know, guardians of some kind, raising generations here in this church. You think about the weaker ones, the children that are next door, as we've got an amazing children's church and leaders that just love the kids. I mean, seriously love the kids. I was talking to some of them this morning, how much they love those children, watching them grow up and everything. But if something attacks them, do you think what kind of a parent would stand back and go, <laughs> yeah, 
Uh, little Johnny's five. Well, he can fend for himself. He needs to learn, you know, how to be tough. He's going to face tough situations in life. So somebody comes in there to beat little Johnny up, and they're 20, and little Johnny's five. Do you, do you think that anybody responsible is going to sit back and watch that? No. God is your heavenly father. You are his child. He loves you unconditionally so that when you are facing this, and I can't do this, you are right, you can't, but Father steps in, Almighty steps in, the one that loves you so much. The revelation of how much he loves you is enough right there to carry you through opposition and hardship and everything that you're facing, a revelation of his love which never fails. That's a big one. 1 John uh, 4, I think it is verse 19, it says that we love because he first loved us. See, the good thing I love about, one of the great things I, we love because he first loved us, one of the great things that I love about God is that he didn't try to scare us into a relationship with him. When, when I met Gail, how oh, I met your mother, uh, when I met Gail, I didn't walk up and say, love me or else. I'll, I'll be stalking you. If you don't love me, life's going to be miserable for you. No. I started with loving her. If you've ever courted somebody, you know what I'm talking about. You don't scare somebody into loving you. God's not doing that on, on you. God's not out there laying this big, giant set of requirements, and we call it the law or religion, all these do's and don'ts upon you, trying to get you to love him. No, God, you can love God because God took the initiative, because God first loved you. The relationship was initiated, and it's empowered through his love. That when you're facing that situation, ask yourself, do I really trust God that much? Do I, do, I, do I have a revelation of just how much my heavenly Father loves me? And as soon as you get a hold of that, you understand that God's redemption was because of God's love. God's way of getting you to love him was to love you. And because you're made in God's image, you have the love of God on the inside. Therefore, it's, it's, it's not your ability, it's his ability and his heart towards you so that he won so that you could win. You don't have to even fight the devil. It doesn't even say for you to fight the devil. It says fight the good fight of faith. Another word for faith is trust. You can trust this person. He has your best interest at heart. This, this deep-seated trust in the love of God. What can separate us from that love? Paul, Paul asked, question. Height, depth, breadth, things present, things past? No, not even angels. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. He loves you so much. Not, not trying to scare you into a relationship, but loving you first by sending his son to the cross so that it is finished. He didn't die so that, uh, just to eliminate some of your sins. He didn't even uh, die to wipe your sin out. He, he, didn't, he, didn't, he, he died as you, not just for you. When he went to the cross, oh, I wish we could camp on that, but we won't this morning. But he didn't die just for you. Oh, Christ died for my sins. Yeah, he did. 
But the depth of it, he didn't die just for you, he died as you. Oh, that's big. I don't know, that, that could drop, you can, uh, honestly. When he went to the cross, he who knew no sin, he was made to become sin itself. Not a sinner, but he was made to become sin. He, that was you on the cross. It's you that was nailed to that cross. Your sin nature was nailed to that cross. He died not just for you, but as you, so that when he rose, it was you raising up from the dead, not just him raising up the dead for you. Everything he did, he had you on his mind. He won so that you could win, so that you could fight not just from victory, or for victory rather, but from victory. Number four, then we're going to close with this one, and I'm going to pick this one up probably next week because it's so important that I love to touch on this at least once a year. Number four, remember who you are. <laughs> Talking about identity. If you fall short of God's love, it's because you don't know who you are. It's, it's an identity crisis that you have. I always have to stop myself when I, when I see myself as failing in, in, in the face of things that, oh, I can't do this. I, I can't do it. And I've had a lot of these I can't do it things in my lifetime. And I'm, I'm surely not finished with the I can't do it things either. As life goes on, there's so many things. <laughs> you think, oh, I can't do this. And going back and reminding myself, it's in his power. It's in his mind. I'm clothed with Christ. I, I, I put on Christ. I, I put on the armor of God. I remember, I remind myself how much that he loves me. But I also have to remind myself of who I am. One of them is who he, he is. And we're pretty good at that. Alpha, Omega, beginning, the end. El Shaddai, Elohim, all the L's. I got that down. But who are you? Well, I'm, I'm just a nothing. Uh, I, you know, nobody loves me. I couldn't understand why anybody would love me anyway because I'm so nasty and I, I fall so far short. And, you know, and our prayers reflect how far short we fall. And we tell everybody how far short we fall and everything else. And yes, you did. You fell so far short. But who are you? And reminding yourselves who he is in you is who you are in him. It's not trying to be somebody you're not. When you, know, when you don't know who you are, you wander into self-effort. Starting off with grace in relationship ended up with a list of performances. It's, it's, a, it's such a dangerous place to be. Legalism, it demands us without the life to meet that demand. It brings back uh, condemnation. We become aware, more aware of our failures. It's not God condemning us, but our own heart condemning us because religion is unbelief. It's trying to become what God has already created you to be. Trying to get God to do something that he's already given you. Trying to, trying to, uh, to go where God's already called you, to, that he's already gone. Trying to get Jesus to do what he's already done for you. Trying to get Jesus to do what he told you to do through him. And so... Knowing who you are, if you don't know who you are, then you'll act like somebody else who you're not. See, 
A lot of you are living out of other people's opinions of you. And if you stop and listen to someone else's opinion of who you are, you'll start to believe that lie. It's called a lying vanity. A lying vanity is something that presents itself. It's not true, but it's very seductive. It's very enticing. It's, it's trying to get you to believe that you're somebody that you're not. And God wants to show you your identity. Who are you? I created you in my image. You are born again. Yes, you are a work in progress. In the natural, you have to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, the Word of God says. But who are you? I encourage you. I did this as just my own personal study, but I I went through my Bible, and I just underlined every place where it says, in Him, in whom, in Christ. Everything that told me who I am in Him. And, and, and I did that, and I started to uh, confess that as an affirmation. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I am who God says I am. Therefore, I can do what God told me I can do. I am a child of God. I am a son of God. I am the righteous. Now, I, I went through and underlined all of these. Colossians is, is a great book. First John tells you about the love of John uh, 1 John, 2 John, 3 John talks about the, how much God loves you. Colossians is great about in whom, in him, all of these things. Because if you don't know who you are, you're going to act, like I said, like somebody that you're not. You'll live out of self-opinion instead of God's com- divine opinion. And God wants to, he wants, he, he wants to show you who you are. That 2,000 years ago, he died to make you a brand new creation. What then? Romans 8:31. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Wow. I, I, I want us all to stand this morning. I'd like the uh, music team to come up. We're out of time. I think sometimes we expect other people to see us the way God sees us, but we don't see ourselves the way that God sees us. When I start seeing me as God sees me, others will start to see God through me. Your confidence won't come by begging God to change your circumstances. It's not going to happen that way. It's going to happen through the work of righteousness in God. It comes when you let what is right with Him replace what is wrong with you. It is. So right now, I'd like you to close your eyes just to have a moment with God. And I want to ask you this question. When you look at it, and you hear that voice that says, I can't do this. And whatever this is for you as you're here, you're standing here this morning. It could be physical, could be mental, spiritual could be facing relationships, perhaps a marriage that you're struggling with, your spouse, school, your singleness. If you're single right now, it's like, I can't do this. Trying to remain pure. I can't do this. Trying to quit addictions. I can't. I can't. I can't do this. 
wonder if right now, if you let God speak to your heart. Finally, put your name in there. Be strong in your Lord. That's what it means to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Finally, you, you with your head bowed, your eyes closed, finally, be strong in the Lord. Remember, in conclusion, finally, be strong in the Lord. And in the power of his might, drawing upon the power, plug into the PowerPoint of his love for you unconditionally and let him tell you how much he loves you and who you are to him and show you right now that it's a done deal. You can't lose. You can't do this, but you can't not do it plugged into him and the power of his might. You have to do it because he's done it already and he empowers you to do it right now. Take that power right now. Father, I just thank you for every person here that has a, I can't do this, testimony, fear, thoughts. I thank you right now. Oh, I thank you. I thank you so much that out of our weakness, you are made strong. Right now, we are clothed in Christ. I want you to put on the armor of God. Put Christ on right now through prayer and through worship. We're going to do this song in a moment, but I want you to put him on. and Let his righteousness Work peace in your mind. Fretting, go. Frustration, go. Confusion, go. Inferiority, go. Guilt, go in Jesus' name. Fear, go in Jesus' name. Sign up for the fight. Suit up (laughs) for the fight. Put on the armor of God right now. See yourself armed and dangerous to the devil. And step out. Don't leave home without clothing yourself in Christ. I want you to say this with me. I can, come on, do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Thank you for listening to the City Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message or God worked through you in any way, then please take a moment to contact us through our website at city-church.net or email us your feedback at info at city-church.net.